0: Coming up on The Jim Gale Show.
1: I need to be better than that other person. I can let someone scream at me, like racial slurs. I'm biracial. I don't give racial slurs power anymore, right? Because I understand to that person, if I react and I I act in the manner that they're expecting me to in response to what they're saying, they win. I don't wanna give them that, so I take the power out. Welcome to the Jim Gale Show, featuring world-renowned experts covering all topics related to freedom, including health, food production, legal, medical, education, all things freedom. Together, we will catalyze a shift in consciousness, leading to mass adoption of a freedom mindset for humanity. And now, your host, Jim Gale.
0: Hey, great to everybody. Welcome to the Jim Gale Show. It's so exciting to be back here today. I got my partner, Mr. Jim Gale, out in the field today. How are you doing, Jim?
2: Oh, I'm doing fantastic, everybody. Thank you, Matthew. I'm excited for our guest today. We had some really good talks already, and I can't wait for him to share with you some of his thoughts. And I'm in the field, as Matthew said, and I'll be walking around showing you what it's like to live a life of the ultimate freedom which means all of the food, water, and energy, and even the communication strategy on our property.
0: Outstanding. And you had three tours today at Galt's Landing, you were saying, right? You brought three different groups through the property?
2: Yes, we did. In fact, just had our second tour with Lori, who is Dr. Andy Wakefield's producer. And we're working with Dr. Wakefield, who produced the movie Vaxxed and Vaxxed 2. And so we're really reaching out through some incredible networks of people who see the same thing that I see and that you see and that J-Man sees is that to be free, we need to collaborate. We need to come together and we need to create the systems, the foundation of freedom throughout our society.
1: You know what? I can't lie. I was expecting to see Jim running around naked. (laughs)
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> like the, I'm amongst all the vegetation i'm Next free he doesn't,
2: I'm
0: on, he doesn't have <laughs> pants on
1: j man he doesn't have pants <laughs> on
0: and we got a great guest on the show with us today the host of the launchpad podcast a friend of mine for about 12 years now and just an excellent excellent man when it comes to his show and what he's standing up for my friend jason Petrunik, also known as j man i said host of the launchpad podcast And Jay, why don't you let everybody know just a little bit about you, where your background
1: is before starting your show, and where people can find you. I was in the mainstream media. I have a 17-year career in radio, and not even knowing at the time that I was part of that system, I just thought I was doing what I was supposed to do. It was nothing malicious. So I guess I would be a career lefty and part of the establishment. And after getting out of radio, looking back in retrospect, it's like, wow, I was just part of this game that everyone's playing. And I had my views that I would share outside of radio, never thinking like, well, why wouldn't I share that on the radio? Because that's just not part of the script that I'm supposed to spew out. And when I started my podcast, I wasn't thinking about doing anything really media related. It was going to be a gen lead for the showcase that I do. I also run a trade show in Petawawa called Petawawa Showcase, three days, 150 vendors, 10,000 people through the doors. And I was only speaking with entrepreneurs, talking about business, hoping that maybe they'd do some business with us. And then as we start to get into the pandemic, I was like, wow. I'm really not liking what this is all about. And I've always been very big on speaking my truth, knowing that I couldn't do that on mainstream media. And quick little story, I remember once I was the voice for Volkswagen when I worked at a radio station. And when the new Volkswagen bug came out like 10 or 15 years ago, I had made a comment that I think Herbie would roll over in his grave if he saw the new bug. And I got reprimanded harshly for that, for sharing an opinion, because money talks, which is a sponsor that gives money to the station. And I somehow defaced the brand and it was just an all good fun. So (laughs) I didn't like that system. And so when I started seeing the shift of the pandemic and how people were being treated. I really thought it was important for me to speak my truth. And I took some bumps and I took some bruises, but I'm really glad that I took that path because if I didn't, I wouldn't be sitting here right now talking with you two visionaries that are trying to do something so incredible, actually are doing something so incredible when it comes to not just food freedom, but freedom in general and offering up yet an alternative solution. And viable solutions sustainable solutions to make this world a better place so thank you for sharing your platform with me today
0: yeah it's so great to have you here jay and i love your story and background and how we met how you've been able to move from one industry to another getting into the health and wellness and helping people in network marketing and then making another pivot into showcase and working there, and then adding the podcasting into your life. You've really done a tremendous job of being a platform for helping other people speak their truth, but also for yourself to really realize your strengths and play to those and make a dramatic impact in the lives of others by willing to just speak your truth regardless of what's coming at you. So thank you for doing that. And thanks for being a buddy. And thanks for joining us on the show today brother. And question about that Volkswagen thing. Was that before <laughs> or after they got in massive trouble for fraud and lying and covering up the fact that their emissions were terrible? <laughs> I'll right? deface them in public. How about that? Okay. Right. right. right? Remember <laughs> that point. massive lawsuit, the emissions scandal they had, that was 2015 that got underway. So I know it was after your
1: career in radio. Right. But it serves them right.
0: Yeah. Well, it's another example of a company that claims to be doing something for us when really it's all about the bottom line. Right. And unfortunately, if you look at that company's history, there's, there's been some checkered things going on, especially their involvement in some of the wars and whatnot. But anyways, back to the show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is the show. No, that That's is what's the show. so good about this show is we talk about that stuff. We talk about how IG Farben funded both sides of world war II and who runs IG Farben or who did the same families that are running BlackRock today and all of these other entities out there that are creating poisons that are destroying our world. So I think that is a great interjection, Matthew. That is our show.
0: Yeah, outstanding. Well, G-Man, so now that you've... Let us know all about you, at least a good surface glimpse anyways. Why don't you tell me a little bit or tell our audience a little bit about why you decided to really make a move towards protecting free speech
1: and empowering people to share their truth the best way that you could using your platform? You know, really interesting. And I'm not exactly sure. I was never a person that was really dedicated to your own rights and freedoms. It was something I took for granted, just like most other people, because there, there wasn't a problem as far as I was concerned. And a way that I kind of explain it to other people in regards to how we were living, it's kind of like a soccer game or a sporting game. And officials are on the field. So the government, they're the officials, and they're kind of just overseeing the game. And the whole game, there's been fouls, but they haven't been calling them. Like, he's kind of established what this game is going to look like. And then in the last minute, this referee is calling a bad penalty. You know, like, now you're affecting the outcome of the game. And so this has been a wake-up call to all the fans, right? Hopefully all the fans. That's what we're wanting, is that there's this game being played. We were all kind of numb to how it was playing out. And this bad call now that just happened with the pandemic is like, wait, you're way more involved in my life than I'm comfortable with. And I don't like what you're doing. And now trying to get other people, neighbors, friends, loved ones to also wake up a little bit. I hate to use that term like, because I was that person. You know, it's just some people, they just don't know what they don't know. And we're hoping that we're going to be able to give them this knowing and get to where we are right now.
2: That is so beautiful. And I want to jump in on we all were sleeping, right? That is kind of how humanity started and how we've been for a long time. And so I think sharing our wake up stories is one of the most important things we could do for our friends and family, because what a lot of people who are awake do is they chastise and they tease and sometimes they even shame their friends and their family for being so blind to the truth of what's actually happening but that obviously doesn't work. In fact, it not only doesn't work, it has the opposite effect of working. People convinced against their will are of the same opinion still, but stronger. So anyway, thank you for sharing your wake up story. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Something about not being able to sit on a park bench, that was the catalyst. Something just told me like, this is weird. They're telling us that we shouldn't be going to parks, not sitting on a park bench. Like, I know that's my park bench. My taxes pay for that park bench. Matt's does, yours doesn't. (laughs) You're in another country. (laughs) And I was like, I really don't like this. And I made a video about not liking where this is going and what a slippery slope it is. Nobody knows what was happening. Everyone was a little uncomfortable with COVID at the time because it was so foreign. And like most, the news is telling you there's a doomsday virus. Maybe I should pay attention. More for public shaming than anything. I don't want to be scorned by the public by not following along. And I made this video, and man, did I ever get flamed for making this video about not sitting on a park bench, that I am selfish, and that I'm putting my rights ahead of other people's safety and health. And to sum up what that message was is, listen, this is not a selfish thing. This is not me weighing freedom over somebody's health. I'm just saying is that what we have done now and what we are doing is that we have opened Pandora's box to where this can now lead, where a vax pass right now could easily be turned into a fat pass because obese people were really affected by COVID. So know what we're going to do right now? Everyone that's over a certain weight or outside of their BMI can't go to certain restaurants or have to work out three times a week. That sounds absolutely bizarre, but isn't it bizarre that all of us spent time locked in our homes, not potentially being able to go to work and spend time with the people that we love around us, with a government that is going out of their way to perpetuate that that's the way things should be. Like, it was just a really sad time, but I'm happy that it happened. I'm glad that I lived through it. It's made me a better person. And I think it's going to hopefully shift humanity in the right direction in how we go about treating one another.
2: It already is at an exponential rate. I was on David Icke's show with his son not too long ago. And I talked about one of the most inspiring things that I've heard in the last three, four years. And that was from David Icke when he was asked a question, why aren't people waking up? And David said, what are you talking about? He said, I've been doing this for 30 years. And 30 years ago, I couldn't get six people to listen to me. And now, just in the last two years, I can fill a stadium.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fantastic. I had the good fortune to sit down and interview him. And what a unique individual. I've been following him forever. And the reason I had him on my show wasn't so much because he does a lot of doom and gloom, not in a bad way, but that's what podcasters seem to want out of him. And he has this lovely perspective about humanity, energy, the heart, how we're all connected. He really is a person that comes from abundance. And I wish more people would spend time in that sphere with him. And we had a discussion about freedom of speech and the things that he has been saying over the past few decades it was easy to kind of fluff him off. It was interesting, but no one could really maybe see it get to that point that weren't already in the know. There is nobody, I think, that is walking the face of the earth right now that has been so on point with predictions in the past to where we are right now in this present moment. It's absolutely scary.
2: It's awesome, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. It's so awesome because through this great awakening, we are starting to wake up to the truth that we have been slaves, right? Property taxes is a slave tax. Employment tax is a slave tax. It's absolutely no different. When somebody at the threat of imprisonment and violence says you owe me 30, 40, 50% or even 1%, of the product of your labor. If you don't pay me, then you're going to go to jail or serve the consequences. That is exactly the same as slavery.
1: Well, it's full-fledged extortion. Right. I remember having this great discussion with you in regards to what you were saying with a birth certificate or marriage, like how far the government goes in regards to owning everything that you are. Yeah, with the birth certificate, when you're born, it's registered with the Minister of Finance or Ministry of
0: Finance, and it's written all in capital letters, meaning it's essentially the corporation of you, and they, the government, gets to pull money from their central bank based on your predicted value for your life. So it really is the definition of slavery, and you, as a man or woman, are separate from that thing. Right, you are not your birth certificate. However, we give them permission to have us interact as said birth certificate every time we interact with the government by filling our names out in capital letters, by having capital letters on the driver's license, health cards, birth certificates. When you go into their court, right, when you participate in their laws, you do the same thing. So, all these systems built around us currently have us operating inside of this, not as us, but as the corporation of us. And you can break that. I don't know how, not saying people go and do that. That's for you to make your own decision on, but there are ways to remove yourself from that and reclaim your own sovereignty. And quick diversion back to David Icke. So we talk about our wake-up stories. I was already really down the rebel path in high school, listened to punk rock and metal music and didn't care so much about going to school. I did well in school. I was an intelligent individual, but day over day, my grades would go down, right? I'd start the year off, I'm getting A's. And by the time I finish the year, I'm like C's and D's because I just realized it was a bunch of nonsense I didn't actually care about and wasn't really going to be applying this stuff in my life going forward. But anyways, as I got into my 20s, I was working in a steel yard and we were bending and cutting rebar and putting stuff together to go in massive buildings and roads and that kind of stuff and lo and behold i'm working in this steel yard when september 11th, 2001 occurs and everybody that i worked with at that time went this isn't real but anyways as i got further into digging into you know watching the documentary loose change and zeitgeist and all those kind of stuff that were coming out i stumbled upon david ike's book the biggest secret and that was like 2002 or so when I came across that book. And that's the one where it goes into the reptilians, right? The lizard people living amongst us. So I got way exposed to some of that conversation very early in my quote unquote conspiracy theory days. So now we're 22 years later. And it's awesome that he's now kind of like in my orbit, you know, J man, you've interviewed him, Jim, you've been on his son's show. We're probably going to have him on the Jim Gale show, David, if you're listening, we want you on the show and you know, it's awesome. It's all coming back around. So I just wanted to share that little story for myself. All right. So now that we've all had our own little talk about Mr. Ike and what he's been up to over the years, J-Man, for yourself over the past year and a half, you've had some tremendous guests on your show and some of the people that I've saw come on there were never people that wanted to be in the spotlight. They didn't want ever think or intend to have a light shined on them. And you were able to get them to kind of come out and be that. Why don't you tell everybody kind of some of the core ones that stand out to you from your past year where you've really, kind of blown the lid off some current beliefs and been exposed to some truths that you maybe weren't ever expecting by some people who you never would have
1: expected to be one sharing those things. Right. I guess I'll try to put it in order of legitimacy. And the way that I do my podcast is that I just let guests tell their stories. And I'm genuinely curious about that story. And I don't try to add any bias to it because I don't have to add any bias to a vaccine injury story. My friend Kevin is hurt by a vaccine, it's written on paper, it's been diagnosed, and now I'm just going to let him speak. Not to say that anybody should or shouldn't do anything with that information. It's just out there. And I guess one of my favorite interviews that I did was with Dr. Julie Panessi, and she was the professor that was fired from Western. Go figure, she's an ethics professor. And she stuck to her guns. And she was not in that role. She was part of the system. And because of this, she has now been forced outside of the system, reflecting on what she's been doing. And even though it gave her a platform to teach, the very values in which she's using right now to enlighten other people is she now can evaluate where she really was over the past few decades and how much real work she's doing in the field now, the field of life outside of that system. So I really enjoyed having a conversation with her. I was really happy that I held my own with her. I put a lot of work into that conversation. And I think that would be one that would really blow people's minds. Jim, you know, having you on my podcast, what an eye opener for a lot of people in regards to not even thinking that there's a problem with food or food scarcity. And Matt, thank you so much for bringing that into my sphere A lot of veterans have been on my show, and that's one thing that's really upset me more than anything else through doing this podcast, are how many veterans that have put their life on the line, literally, for our country and for our freedoms to be ridiculed for simply not wanting to have medical intervention. Greg Hill, three tours, right, and commercial airline pilot, getting people to their loved ones, to safe places each and every day, fired because they didn't want to get poked. A great nurse, Carla. This lady, exactly what you would want a nurse to be. It's like your best friend's mom that is always bringing brownies and milk to the basement. And when COVID first hit, she volunteered to be part of a team that would take part of people with COVID-19. When we didn't know what this was, or most people didn't know, What this was. And so she goes through half of the pandemic, not being vaccinated because there were no vaccines, taking care of people that had COVID. So she's in a high risk area. And then when the vaccines do come out, she says, You know what? I don't think this is for me. I've handled it fine over the past year. And then they fire her too. Someone that loves her job, like these people love what they do, and you're eliminating them from the process. And now, where are we? Coming out of this pandemic, is that we can't find anybody to work—more or less great, qualified, loving, caring, abundant individuals that loved what they were doing before the pandemic—and now they don't. They a lot of them don't even want to go back to what they were doing. They would rather have laborious jobs and find other pathways to give freely and abundantly opposed to having to go back to the system that treated them like a number and a nobody it just blows my mind.
2: There are so many people leaving the service right now and leaving those professions because of that. And now I want to shine a light on Novak Djokovic for a second. This guy has the chance and already has been stopped from being in some tournaments because he refuses to get the experimental. And what does that mean for him? well, He could have the most grand slams of any person in the history of tennis. And he let that go because of his belief system about natural immunity. And I just I want to shout out to him. They're not letting him play in the U.S. Open this year because of his unwillingness to have an experimental that we know is causing major harm around the world countries that have had the most experimentals per population are now the sickest in the world. SADS, which is Sudden Adult Death Syndrome, is now the number one cause of death in some of these countries. And of course, <laughs> we know why. So anyway, yes. Yeah, so thank you. I wanna reiterate what Man said. Thank you so much to those of you who are standing up for freedom, not just for yourself, but for humanity, it's absolutely profound what you're doing right now. Yeah, and
0: thank we you need very it, much. though. That's leadership. Everybody deserves to have the choice to participate if they want or not to. And I don't think we'd be in this position today where we have now this untrustworthy belief around the medical establishment. And the public health agencies and our governments, or at least it wouldn't be as extreme if they just backed off and let everybody make their own choice. But because they've been so coercive, acting like a gang, right? They're literally acting like a gang. They are forcing people to do things. Oh, no, no, no. We're not forcing you. You're just going to lose your job. That's fucking force. Right. You just can't feed your family, but you don't have to take it. That's fucking force. And they acted in a coordinated effort, repeatedly saying the same messaging. And they're all getting sick, which is hilarious. Right. You got Trudeau here in Canada. After he had his three, all of a sudden he's got it. Oh, he's got his four. All of a sudden, he's got it. And then he's like, thankfully, I've got my four. Right. Same thing. The messaging coming from Biden and, you know, name your political leader that are spouting out the same nonsense. But because they're doing so and they're coercing people and people are now being injured in astronomical numbers. If you look at the Vare's reporting, it is statistically off the charts, you know, the past 40 years of vaccine usage or 50 years has all been put combined less injury than the past year and a half with what we've got going on now. And if that doesn't scare the shit out of people and wake you up, I don't know what will. Because when you understand that a lot of these induced injuries from receiving this medical intervention many of them, like the myocarditis, you don't have mild myocarditis. Your heart is damaged for good. And it's happening in kids. It's not happening in the 95-year-old who maybe could afford a temporary heart injury to extend his life if the vaccines worked for a couple more years. It's not that. It's happening to teenagers who have their whole life ahead of them. And statistically, myocarditis is within five years, most people who have it don't live, right? Or the other things that are being majorly impacted, brain health from these vaccines, right? The allergies, the facial paralysis,
1: it's just astronomical, the amount of injuries and death. Right. And know what, Matt, with all that, people should have the freedom to take them if they want them. And that's the most profound thing, right? And you did kind of lead off with that. As horrible as they could potentially be, even if they were worse, people should have the right to take them or not take them. And this is where I put a lot of my focus, Jim and Matt, when I do my podcast, is truly the freedom of speech and the freedom of expression. Meaning, yes, you can go out there and you can say whatever you want. But I think people are getting lost and they forget that this really all just comes down to choice. What we're fighting for here is choice and choice, you know, without being punished for that choice. So where, yes, you can stand outside of a clinic and tell parents that, you know, they're killing their kids by giving them a vaccine, right? You have the freedom to do that. I don't think you should because that parent has a choice as to whether or not they want to vaccinate their child, right? They love their child more than I do. And they're obviously not trying to put them in harm's way. And I see that they're trying to educate that person. And there's a way to do it. I don't think that's the way. That's just my own personal belief system. And those are just my believies, And that means absolutely nothing, right? But to allow people the freedom of choice to do what it is that they're doing. And when you want to confront those people to come from a place of abundance and understanding.
2: For sure, brother. And, you know, regarding that whole thing, kind of one of my platforms and what Matthew's talking about is choices critical and to help people be aware of their choices is what we're all about, right? When people have not seen the movie Vax by Dr. Andy Wakefield, they have no awareness of the potential. So to create awareness, because the word choice is really almost always misused. Choice, the word, the concept implies that there is an awareness of choices. But when there's not an awareness of choice, when we are programmed like sheep to head to slaughter or to do a particular thing, then the choice of standing up and saying, I do not comply is not even available to us. So again, that's what we're all about is helping people see what possible choices that there are. And that's why I love the Food Forest Abundance and the Freedom Farm Academy, because when people become aware that they can have a Freedom Farm Academy, it's so exciting to be part of that watching the wheels turn experience.
1: Right. And the way you go about it is what I really like. You're more than just a mission, like you're a vibe, right? And I love that abundance vibe in all areas that you come from. And when I do my show and when I engage with people, I am always more critical of the people that are awake than the ones that aren't, right? We need to be, I'll just throw this out there and I know you're not going to like it, but I'll just use it (laughs) like Christ-like, right? Where I need to be better than that other person. I can let someone scream at me like racial slurs. I'm biracial. I don't give racial slurs power anymore right? Because I understand to that person, if I react and I act in the manner that they're expecting me to in response to what they're saying, they win. I don't want to give them that. So I take the power out. So when people are engaging with me, I understand and forgive me for like the use of terms because they really don't mean much. But on on the left is that I know where they're getting their information from. You know where they're getting their information from. And I just know that they're harmlessly in their sphere watching the news, thinking that they're getting informed because that's what they should be able to do. And then I know that there's people that are you know, in the middle or the right or more open. And we know better. And because we know better, I believe that we should be acting better. We need to treat people better. And in in the same form of like, you know, being Christ-like is that when you live a good life and you come from a good place and you treat other people well, the one thing that will wake up people more than anything else is when something horrible happens to you, Jim, or something bad happens to Matthew or myself, knowing that we're aligned, kind, caring individuals that will take our shirt off our back to help other people. And when they see atrocities, being done upon us and us being treated poorly when we have done nothing wrong. Sure, people might think one way and say, like, I don't really like their politics, but you know what? Jim doesn't deserve to be treated that way. And I believe that also creates an opening for people for greater learning and understanding.
2: Oh, 100%. And I love the words and the term Christ like. And so I love the term believies, right? These are my beliefs. I believe, I might be wrong, right? But I believe that we are spirit playing a divine game. That is after my decades of study into this matter, that is what I've come to believe. And it's also for me a very fun and empowering thought, because from that perspective and adding things like Napoleon Hill's, whatever the mind of man or woman can conceive and believe it can achieve. Now, if you step back and meditate on that statement, the guy who studied the most successful people in the history of the world came to the conclusion that whatever your mind can conceive and believe, whatever my mind can conceive and believe that it can achieve, well, that's a Christ-like statement. And I believe if Jesus Christ were here, if that story is true, and I believe parts of it are true, then he would agree wholeheartedly with this statement. He would agree wholeheartedly that God's methods of healing the body, the immune system, are infinitely more powerful than for-profit patented chemicals that are produced in a lab. Right? So, those are, I love the believies. That, that's what's kind of fun is, is throwing out the believies and then seeing who resonates with them. <laughs>
0: one of the obvious things around your body healing itself is cut your finger, (laughs) right? You don't have to say much beyond that. Your body knows how to do the work to be well. It wants to be well. It will do everything it can. It will take all of the appropriate nutrients from your food and the water and from everywhere and do what it does. The human body will automatically do the best humaning it can, right? The chicken will be the best chicken it can be without having to even try, right? You don't wanna take its chickenness away. You just want it to be a chicken, right? The flower it's pushing to be the best flower it can possibly be. It doesn't even have to think about it. It just flowers, right? Our body is the same way. It will heal when we give it what it needs to heal. Except now, we've been conditioned to believe that a chemical intervention is better than what nature has put together. And (laughs) you don't have me fooled.
1: You know, there's so many layers of deception, so many layers of deception.
0: And when you go back to now, this choice conversation with these experiments, And you think about the position that doctors and pharmacists were put in, where they were told by their authority how they have to think, right? They didn't get a choice. They weren't given that choice, nor were they provided appropriate information. If you look at the vaccine inserts that come with this product, they were blank, literally blank. They did not say any of the potential side effects. There was nothing on them.
1: Blank. Right. And they're part of that game, though, right? Like we're all part of that game. And you try not to get upset with these medical professions. And I'm going to loop this back to when I was telling you about the top six when I'd be in radio. You think you're playing this harmless game, but you're conditioning people. I was conditioning people. To believe something that wasn't true, and all because, well, it's entertainment. Just so our audience knows, this is when Jay was on the radio, and this was the
0: top six songs that would be played at night. The top six at six that the fans, right, the listeners thought they played a role in what songs
1: were the top six songs. Well, don't ruin my story. That's my story right there. <laughs> So that's the whole thing, right? Is that I would be on the radio saying that the top six at six is coming up. It's four o'clock and hey, we're ramping up for the top six at six. Call in with your favorite tune at 1-800, whatever it might be. And people believing me being a person of authority, some nimwit on the radio, like (laughs) with barely a college education. And I would have them call in and they are thinking that they're influencing Those tunes that are going to be played in whatever order at six o'clock, like it's Friday at six now. And I'm looking at the number one tune already because that playlist was printed on Wednesday. But what I'm able to do is manipulate the phone calls that come in. Like, it's obvious what the top six tunes are going to be. Just look at any chart. And that's how we do them. Like, I know what the number one tune is going to be because it's the most popular song in North America. And so that is generally there. And then to record a phone call that comes in saying, like, listen, I want to hear the latest U2 song. So I would take that phone call and I'd put it on the intro of the U2 song. So it sounds like someone's calling in for U2. And because they called in, somehow that impacted the number one tune on the top 66. It didn't. Right. And so, Jim, I'm sure you'll build off this as well. As I mentioned, it's all theater. And this is just a guy, a 25 year old, a couple of years out of college. Playing this game and not realizing how many of these games are being played on so many different levels that even when you're doing your best not to be conditioned, you're being conditioned in some way, shape, or form, maybe not even really knowing.
2: Oh my gosh. And that's kind of what I was referring to with the belief system that we are spirit playing a divine game. This is the ultimate theater. We are in the theater, this whole construct of reality is a theater and then how deep does this craziness go i think the whole i mean the, the fact that the word governmente means mind control and they are the ones that are with their crap controlling the world and the fact that enlightenment or lightmente or a freedom of mind is the solution to the pain and suffering of humanity which is what jesus christ talked about and buddha And many of the great texts and sages for the history of the world, Swami Rama and so many more, all of them, you know, they say, clear your mind of the programming. So I think your story is absolutely awesomely relevant.
1: (laughs) Mm, Thank you, brother.
0: Yeah, that's outstanding. Just a complete reframe for lots of people, right? Helping them really see that what is around them a lot of the time is not actually what's real.
1: Mm -hmm. And to take a stand too, you know, there's small things that people can do that will give them some of their power back. And I remember at one point there was a West Virginia shooting. It was a mass shooting back in the day. And we have news that covers that stuff, which I don't give a shit for anyways. <laughs> but because it happened and I was on air and there were no news people there, it was up to me to break the story, to let people know that a whole bunch of people died. Because that's what they need in between like, you know, their favorite song and the next. And anyways, I told my boss and I said this to my on-air listeners that I'm going to say this once and I'm not going to say it again because I'm not going to give this person a platform that, you know, enacted on this tragedy. So this is how many people died. This is how many people are injured. And this is a no-no when it comes to media. If you want to know anything else about this story, just go to another channel or watch the news because I'm not going to talk about it. I had a show where I had things like Words of Wisdom Wednesdays, where it would be like a minute to a two minute blurb of just trying to empower people with the simplicity of a smile and the waterfall effect of something like that. How can influence others taking care of your circle so you can help take care of other people, all that like everyone just took care of their circle, right? The world would be a much better place instead of worrying about what's going on over here. And even when I came back to radio after I had been let go for the very first time, that was a very, very important segment. And I said, if I can't bring over this segment and I can't at least work with you on some way to get this on air, then I have no interest in coming back to radio. I'd already been on my path because of people like Matthew. Matthew is not only a great friend to me, but he's also a mentor. I've learned so much through Matt. Matt is immaculate with his words, very much like you, Jim, which is I'm not surprised that you two are working together. And I'm here on this podcast right now. And I still could do better with my words. And it's something that I'm working on. But Matt has had such a strong impact on me in that manner. So I'd like to, to actually just take that second, Matt, to thank you you know, for your wisdom, for your friendship, for making me a better person and for aiding me, putting me on this path that I am right now, because it was through network marketing and through personal development that absolutely changed my life. And it's no wonder, like, I'm not surprised that personal development isn't a mandatory class all the way through your, your school education, high school education. It should be a course that you can take in college. But you know, unfortunately, it's one of those things that just seems to loom in the background and the people that know, know, and they're able to speak to one another in a fashion that other people just can't seem to understand.
0: Well, thank you so much for saying that, brother. And, you know, it goes right back at you. I've learned a lot from you too and really value the relationship. It's one of those great mutual ones instead of one way, you know. So love it, man. Thank you. And obviously, from my perspective, I can see the tremendous development you've done, the amount of time you've invested into being a better you. And it radiates, you know, your show has been tremendous in helping other people, shining a light on the truths, right? Really getting people to share and come out around what is true in their heart. And you're pulling that out of them. So what you have you know, grown into as a man in your show is, I absolutely love it and proud of you,
1: man. Thanks, brother. And let me give a shout out to Jim too, because I said this before last time we talked. I've been on many podcasts and I smile a little bit and then I listen, but I'm not as animated as I am when, I'm around you, Jim. Jim, there is something really special about you. There is an energy about you that I'm not even gonna try to put into words, but man, does it ever resonate. And anyone that I have ever put in your path, people that watch our podcast that see what you do with your Facebook channel and your groups and all that different kind of stuff, like, man, if there's gonna be somebody that will be at the helm of the ship that you wanna be with, you know, through... tough waters, sunny days, whatever it might be, you got something going. And I'm truly just happy to be connected to you in some way, shape, or form and looking forward to sharing your message wide and far moving forward.
2: Wow, brother. Well, the feeling's mutual. It's through collaboration. It's through coming together and doing the things, taking action steps towards freedom, standing up together is how we defeat this crazy situation that we're in, how we supplant it. So I love you guys. Thank you so much, by the way. That was so beautiful.
0: Just a little story on how I came across Jim and why I decided to really attach myself to him. I heard him on the Tinfoil Hat Show with Sam Tripoli, and then I saw him on the High Wire. And I was like, I love where this guy is going, the direction, the fact that he's standing up for truth and fighting back against these forces that are trying to suppress and enslave. And I was like, I got to talk with him. And I'm like, money's not the issue. Whatever it is that I'm doing now, I need to make a pivot and team up with this guy in whatever way that I possibly can. So Jim, as J-Man said, your inspiration, your leadership, your careful selection of words, and how you are really inspiring that shift in consciousness towards one of a freedom mindset. I got to echo Jay's words, man. Thank you for what you're doing here. And I'm extremely grateful to be your partner. Did I get a job yet? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is my resume.
2: Thank you, brother. I love you guys. We want to create a whole new economy, right? We are creating a whole new economy, economy based in what's real, right? Economy based in the voluntary exchange of value, economy based in Nash equilibrium, right? Is do what's best for ourselves and others. And together, oh God, isn't this fun? That's what's so great about it is what we're asking people to do is to create value and have fun doing it.
0: Yeah. And like, we want the human potential to be realized, right? We want the abundant potential of our plane planet. I don't know what this is, but anyways, we want that to be realized. We want to be able to Abundance is everywhere around us. Health. We should be much better health wise than ever before. Meanwhile, we're sicker than ever, right? We should be much more intelligent and leveled up than ever before. Meanwhile, we're stifled by the education system, right? We should be much more financially independent. Meanwhile, we're stifled by our governments and them taking our Earned wage from us. And I should quantify that or preface that with I'm okay with paying tax to drive on a road because I use the road and I pay for it in my gasoline that I buy. Or right, name your thing. But the fact that they're pulling my money from me for my labor, that's where I have the issue, right? And they take it before I ever even get it. <laughs> it's like it's theirs, they're entitled to my hours work. Like, what? That's robbery. That literally is the definition of robbery, but you know, what we're doing here as an organization and with all of the, I believe hundreds of millions, if not billions of people around the world right now who are really coming to understand that we are so much more powerful when we collaborate, when we empower, when we share knowledge, when we focus on being as healthy as we can, utilizing the strength that's already innate in us, when we focus on capturing our food in a way that is harmless to nature, It's empowering to people. It's caring for others first by growing it on site and getting that vital life force right from that food at that time, which again, unlocks more human potential, increases our vibration more and more. It just overall makes us better. We're focused on that where most of the companies or the competition we're against right now, as in BlackRock. like, what does that mean? Are they trying to convert our rock to actual blackness and dust and destroy it? Well, it sure sounds like it based on the name. We're a complete opposite. And it's such a privilege to be a part of something so profound and powerful and to be amongst giants, leaders like yourselves, just the gratitude is overflowing. And everybody who's in this position like us right now, you can feel a collective rising of the vibration. Collectively, we are creating a better way forward. And I don't even want to call it a parallel system. It's a complete breakaway. We are making something new and it is way, way better than what we're currently under.
1: It's focused on connection, right? And the fact that we are all connected and not just human beings connected. We are connected to... The Earth. We are connected to the food. We're connected to that rock, connected to the wood, you know, that is building or has built my home. And the more that we start to understand that, like when we do damage to one thing that we're really just doing damage to ourselves, when we really buy into that whole concept is when things will really start to landslide and it's things like this and people like you that embody that message in every way, shape or form. And especially when it comes to mother nature, I have plants all around my house now. And that kind of started with having a conversation with Matt. I used to be one of these people. And here's in regards to being all connected and being connected to all things that you know, have matter, energy, et cetera, is I used to say, I kill plants. Don't get me plants because I kill them. And that's exactly what happened. I can kill- I killed every plant that came in this house. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jim. Don't cry. And now (laughs) people give me plants that they've given up on and I take them in. I've almost become somewhat of a nursery and I take other people's plants that have otherwise looked like they're done. And I spend time with them and I talk with them and I nurture them. And They react really well with me. I actually have two of Matt's ferns from when he first moved away out to the West Coast. So every time he comes to my place, you know, he gets to spend some time with his ferns. We are so connected. And that was really my greatest aha moment was spending time around plants and just seeing sometimes how just me not being around for a certain length of time seems to upset them. (laughs) So this is so aligned with me.
2: God, that is so neat. I just want to share about actually communicating with plants, right? When I communicate with a plant, when I speak to a plant, when I sing to a plant, when I just look at a plant with reverence, it's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a vibrational thing. We live in a frequency reality, right? And it's an ascension of the frequency. And so do that it might sound crazy and if you're scared to have anybody see you do it you know there's times when there's some things i see to plants that i wouldn't say on in front of anybody <laughs> probably i can't really think of those times but my point is is it's such a self-fulfilling experience right and so anyway thank you for bringing that all that up j-rod this program about i kill plants i have a brown thumb or black thumb that's a program my friends you do not plants grow themselves all we got to add is a little bit of nurture and a little bit of love
0: and what i wanted to add on there is that the reality that people experience when they go into nature is it does make them feel better every time slows you down slows down the breath re-centers you recharges you reconnects you to source all of that that is real. That's what happens. You ask anybody who has gone and spent time in nature after being in the concrete jungle of the city, and they will all tell you the same thing that it makes a profound impact on how they feel, recenters them, right? Decreases stress automatically. They feel more energy and vibrant inside. It's phenomenal. And that's just another example of the connectedness and how we need to work with it instead of against it. And all we're doing is working against it. Our systems right now literally work against nature and it's no wonder they're breaking.
2: And I'd like to add one it's real quick thing on that. This is not woo woo. This is science. Like there's a lot of studies that support everything that we're saying. The act of looking at a flower will increase your vitality and health.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's incredible to surround yourself with that beauty. And I mean, the fact that you can also do that indoors, we obviously have harsh Canadian winters, right? But to be able to bring that inside and to spend as much time with that outside. I spend a lot of time when I'm on my walks this is stuff I I never did before, but like I touch trees. Like I'm always touching trees and I'm speaking to the trees and it breaks my heart, even though I live in a development that used to be a forest. Right. And that bothers me. Now I've talked to Matt about this. I'm looking to do tiny living, you know, get something less than this. I'm living this home. That's just, I know it's too big for me. It doesn't align with me. I need to find other ways. And now I think the reason why I've been pushed so strongly that direction now more than ever is, well, number one, people like you and being closely situated around you. But then seeing the slaughter of trees, like in my neighborhood, it's all the time, like all the time. It's just take, 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 take. They're not even planting trees. It'd be something if they at least just, you know pretend and just say, you know, we're going to build a park here with like lush trees. That's not it. It's a plastic play structure made from oil and not giving anything back to what you've taken in regards from mother earth. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to me. And I see it now and I see how they try to hide it where they usually kind of start like, you know, the first level or they build up walls of dirt. So you can't see what's going behind because I think innately You know, we see that because that's us. And the fact that we're just tearing it down and with such flagrant disregard. And for what? Because I don't even know who's living in these homes. (laughs) It's not sustainable. It really isn't sustainable. And not just from there's so much of this and not enough people or not enough money. It's just not sustainable because that's not how we should be treating one another. That's not how we should be treating the planet.
0: You know, we've got this lie being told there is not enough There's not enough land. There's too many people. There's not enough food. There's not enough, right? That's the conditioned belief now of many societies. And it's a perpetual lie being pushed down upon us. And the reality is we have way more than enough. You just look at what's happening on Galt's Landing. The sheer amount of abundance of things that are growing is astronomical, And now when you think about if everybody just grew a little, there's no shortage of land. There's no shortage of food. We don't need to factory farm everything. We can do it by working with nature and have so much more abundance. Like, can you have more abundance? Abundance just implies unlimited, right? So yeah, nature is unlimited. There is unlimited resources really if we use them wisely, but we're in a society where it's all consumption, consumerism driven profit is bottom line. If you guys are looking for an amazing documentary that actually teaches a lot indirectly about what we're talking about here, watch, it's called train Woodstock 99. And it's all about that festival with, you know, quarter million kids That came for three days of peace, love, and happiness in 1999 and how the drive for corporate dollars corrupted that show and it ended in absolute chaos, riot, just a mess, right? So day one, the people, the attendees started to feel like this event, the producers didn't care about them. There was not enough food garbage right they were charging like at that time four bucks for a bottle of water there was no garbage bags around the bathrooms weren't being cleaned right so they treated the attendees like crap meanwhile over this fence where the artists are the artists all felt like they were on the red carpet they were spoiled unlimited food and drink and like just opposites and as day one turned into day two day two turned into day three you could feel the tension rising in the crowd to by the time the chili peppers played to close it out on the sunday night it was just so ready to explode it was like a grenade was pulled and it just all hell broke loose they had spray paint all over the place talking about end corporate greed and end profit stock was one of the slogans like The people just had enough and it blew and they looted all the vendors, it was rioting. This place looked like a war zone.
2: It was, and the thing that I caught right at the beginning of the film was this was on the tarmac of a military base, whereas Woodstock was out in the field, right? That thing right there, I'm sure, was the biggest catalyst to all the suffering that happened and all the chaos. It was disconnected from nature.
0: Yes. It was disconnected from nature. Yep. And connected to a place that had war all over it and violence and force. Right. What a show that was. And you look back at those kids that they interviewed and they asked them all, you know, was that a great experience? And like, is the one of the most memorable things I've ever done in my life. We had a blast. The partying was off the charts and et cetera. And it was ultra destructive by the end of it all. Right. So if anybody has not seen that, that's listening, check that out. There's some real good lessons inside that. And it gives you an example of what profit driven business has done to our world
1: today. Right. And then go watch all other episodes of the Jim Gale show. And then go watch Ah, all of it. (laughs) Like, subscribe, and remember to turn on your notifications.
2: I love it. And yours as well, brother. Now tell us again, where can people find your show? I loved being a guest on your show, by the way. I'm so thankful because it was really good energy. It was just an incredible flow.
1: Yes, it was good juju. I was meant to have that conversation with you that day. And that resonates with so many people on so many different platforms. I have your face on TikTok. I know you'd be excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, people love your content. And if people want to find me online, youtube.com slash jmanisalive and all social medias at jmanisalive. I have a website, thelaunchpadpodcast.com. Where I can put other things like this interview up there when you guys are done with it. Because YouTube really limits what you're allowed to say. And listen, this is not me going to poop on YouTube. YouTube has rules and I just do my best to follow them, right? And then for the things that I want to talk about that YouTube doesn't like, I can put that up on my website so you get more of the raw content. But of course, I would love a subscribe on YouTube because the more subscribers I got, the more reach that gives me. Jim knows all about that. So make sure you go to all their platforms. Matthew Britt, same thing. And let's do our best together as a unit. All of us, everyone, you watching this podcast right now. uh, It's one thing. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're listening. But take some action steps in regards to changing what is right now into something we want it to be. 100%,
2: brother. Wow. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you tons. And I'm looking forward to collaborating ongoing.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 100%. And thank you, Matt, for the invite to jump on here as well.
0: Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thank you for coming on. I really wanted to feature you as a person really standing up for free speech. I think that is so important today, and our audience needed to hear it. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being willing to take some arrows in the back and being a leader and giving people a platform so they can share. Whether we agree with it or not, people need to be able to share their truth. And free speech is critical to a well-functioning, I'd say, democratically operated society. Maybe the right words aren't democratically, but a fair operational society. So thank you for what you're doing with uh, you know the Launchpad podcast and for coming on the show today and talking with us. Lots of love to you, man. And thank you to our audience. As always, thank you for listening and watching, for telling your friends about the Jim Gale show. If you do have anybody you think we need to feature on the show, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us directly. We would love to talk with any person out there who we believe, or you believe could add a lot of value to our audience members. We have a war to win. We do. We have a war to win and we will not stop until we win it. We want to empower the world and unlock true human potential and abundance, and we will win. So thank you again to our audience, Jim. Thank you so much as always. J-Man, thanks again. And tune in next week, the Jim Gale Show. We're here week in, week out, Fridays. So remember to like, subscribe, share, turn on your notifications. We look forward to seeing you all again soon. Have an amazing day.
2: Love and have a great day, everybody. Ciao. Thank you for tuning into the show. You can check out more episodes on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and your favorite podcast apps. Check out our show notes for any websites linked to this episode, including where to connect with us on social media. We appreciate you dropping by
0: today. Remember to like, subscribe, and turn on your notifications so you'll be updated with each episode.
2: And visit us at thejimgaleshow.com to check out all of our exclusive content. We appreciate you dropping by.